Football Podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly. They're calling him the $77 million man. Ryan, what's up? How's it going, man? Patrick, I am just, uh, I'm blessed to wake up on this beautiful Sunday and not have been fired to, I guess I'm really not blessed. That would have been nice to be fired and, yeah. and spend the next several years collecting $77 million and in, 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 uh, in payouts. That'd yeah, be cool. That would be nice. Um, Damn. No, I'm just a working <laughs> fucking stiff like the rest of you guys. Yeah. Um, I guess <laughs> I need to have a line in a job that would pay me $77 million if I fucked it up. Let me know. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I mean, yeah, that would be, you, you think about it for more than a couple seconds and it's like, oh, maybe I don't actually feel that bad about making content off of these guys getting fired, given that they're getting <laughs> $77 million for the, for the, for the right of it, Dude, for the joy I, of I can't, fired. all the people are like, oh, consider the coaches, like they're real people. Like, you know, come on with, like they're, they're, they go through stress for this and it's like, yeah, but if they fuck up, they get yeah tens of millions in cash. Or, I think they'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> what about the players who are being hurt here? It's like, okay, well, they get a few million too. I'm, I'm chilling. Like, yeah. I'm, they're all right. They're big boys. They can go somewhere else if they want. Not my problem. None of my business. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't wanna... make you play yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make you. I didn't make you sign up for Pop Warner ten years ago. That's not my fault. <laughs> Why am I getting blamed for that? I didn't do anything. I'm just watching. Live your life, dude. Live your life. <laughs> if you want to quit, then quit. I don't care. <laughs> See if I care. Oh man, that's really good. Um, we've yeah. got a uh, we've got a week eleven here to talk about in college football. I would say a pretty bad week eleven, uh, all things considered. Um, we are we're did not get... live up to the billing. No, yeah. did not live up to the billing. I am getting the I, I would say I'm getting the late season anxiety that we're not that just nothing's going to happen this year, which is something that happens pretty much every year when we get around this time of the season, where I do start to worry about like. Uh, hey, is anything going to happen? Are we going to have anything happen this season, or is it just going to be a full season where nothing happens? And uh, all of the time that we spent watching it was for naught, and then Georgia wins the championship again. Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting to that that place of I'm not there yet, but concern, I understand what you're saying, but I'm fear, not there. Where it's just like, uh, boy, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point of doing this again for an entire season of the amount of time that we invest into this? to get uh nothing no results nothing nothing happening just the same teams uh might as well have just not played it at all uh i'm getting there i'm getting to that place of concern because boy nothing has happened these last couple weeks it come has on been, there's been plenty of great games it, all season we've had a lot of fun it has been a but the, these there's nothing happening it's just the favorite team winning there's nothing there's nothing changing nothing is like it's been the same top eight for like a month now i'm i'm bored <laughs> i want i want action yeah. i want blood i want to see something happen it just your point, like nothing this, is happening. This is something Bud Elliott had been tracking for a few weeks. I don't know if he's still posted it, but I can see it on my own. Yeah. Uh, the preseason top 15 teams uh, as double-digit favorites this season are 96-2, and two, <laughs> um, which has – and the only two losses come from Clemson. Yeah. Which has led to a lot of very chalk performances, basically. It yeah. feels – pretty straightforward like the top eight teams in the country I, I know there's a ninth team which is also one loss in the power five which is louisville but come on um the top eight teams in the country are just like pretty clearly separated from everybody else yeah yeah and it, it's just i don't know and they don't play each other that often you know like there's been a couple of those games but even then when you see those couple of games it has still 
more often than not, it feels like it's been kind of a blowout, right? Like like Ohio State and Michigan both beating up on Penn State in, in kind of quiet but still defending. I mean, those games. were eight and nine point games, dude. Yeah, do you think Penn State did you think did you feel like Penn State was going to win those games? No, I know, I get it. But I mean like I understand what the larger point of what you're saying, but I would say the Texas Alabama game was very good, right? That I know that was, it was a ten point like game. It was very ago. competitive. Yeah, I know. And Oregon Washington was a month ago. Yeah. Um yeah, look, it sucks. I don't like that a lot of teams don't try to schedule good opponents. That bums me out. Like, I think the way that the entire SEC or Michigan, like, do their non-conference slate where they don't really play other good teams. I well, Alabama did this year, but that sucks. Even then, I mean, that was, you know, that was September. That's a September concern. We're into November. Right. These are conference games. It's just that, like, the 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 top of the sport is really hard to beat. It's really hard to beat any of these teams and they don't play each other very often. And when they do the, it's still not really like more often than not, it feels like it's a blowout, even when it's the top, you know, two of the top teams. And like, that's what we've seen in the playoff recently as well. There have been good games, but there have also been a lot of bad games. Um, It's just, my my, if we, my opinion on this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. If, if we if we've mortgaged the rest of the sport for the sake of those top end games, and the top end games still aren't entertaining, we're left with nothing. We've got nothing left. There's nothing. There's nothing to hold on to because it's just like waiting for those games, and then those games happen, and they stink just like the rest. And it's like, okay, well, what was the point of that? What what was any of this for? It's just Georgia winning a championship by fifty points. Yeah, I mean, I guess my opinion on this, and maybe it's just me being an optimist here, yeah. is that I think we're in the middle of a bubble before it gets better, um, where I think, obviously, the end of the 14 playoff, like, we're seeing right now, like, the classes that are sophomores and juniors and seniors that are dominating for a lot of these teams are some of the first NIL classes, where, like, obviously, the big boys got their money in order way faster, and that talent is very concentrated, um, we have seen like the transfer portal, I think, shift a lot of talent around college football. Yeah. But the combination of the 14 playoff, the the early start some teams got in the NAL collectives and really that benefited recruiting uh, has paid off for most teams except for Texas A&M. Um, and, and also, uh, I, I think like before we get to the 12 team, I think we're just at like the peak, in my opinion, of talent concentration before things diffuse a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know. I am of the opinion that it's headed the right way. I know the TV money will will change that too as the conferences shift. Um, but you're also going to have more teams forced to play other good teams. There's also those changes, at yeah. least in two of the leagues. Yeah. Um, which is something. It's something, right? Um, I hope so. I hope it's something. Because it's, it's the state of affairs right now in college football is not especially good i I don't think that the sport is in a terribly good place right now compared to where it has been because it it feels like a lot of the stuff that people uh, i'll speak personally this a lot of the stuff that i like about the sport a lot of the stuff that got me into it originally doesn't really happen anymore it's not really there and it's not really even like a possibility of happening right now it just feels so it feels like such a significant uphill climb to get any actual like capital U upsets of anybody who is seriously contending. It's just, it's so rare now. It used to be a lot more common than it is right now. And those teams are just yeah. so fucking hard to beat. And the marquee matchups between them, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to get excited for, but like they, like I was saying, they rarely deliver. And also, I don't know. It would be nice to have more than like five important regular season games. It, it would be cool if it wasn't just those where those teams could lose. If they could lose other games sometimes, if there could be, 
shakeups at the top of the sport, and they're just really there really aren't right now. Yeah, this but, season. but again, I think like this year has been there's not like it's not like a trend of diminishing upsets in my opinion. This year has been a true anomaly. We had a fair amount of upsets the last few seasons. Yeah, um, I think the COVID years sucked, but like twenty one and twenty two, there were a fair number of big time upsets. Um, I think this year particularly is so anomalous. Like usually of those you know, top 15 preseason teams against unranked opponents, we should have like a dozen losses as yeah. double favorites and not two yeah. from one team. And, and like that's the, yeah. it's especially frustrating because there have been times where it's been close and it's just like, it feels like these teams are begging for an upset loss and it just doesn't happen. It just falls apart late, which is really, I think that's even worse than if it wasn't close. <laughs> it's just like, God damn it. Why won't Texas lose? Just fucking lose. You know, you want to, and they just don't. Yeah. Oregon too, I think. I don't know. I don't really yeah. trust by Oregon. Um, Washington, even. I know. I know we want Washington to win because we want to see like new blood in the playoff from a different region of the country. But yeah. even Washington has been begging to lose for weeks. Yeah, Alabama um, has done some of this. Georgia's done some of this. Ohio State has done some of this. Like, there's been those teams up at the top have played some, you know, closer games. But then it gets down to the third and fourth quarter, and it just isn't gonna happen they're just not gonna lose those games and it is um i don't know it's, it's hard to keep watching it's hard to keep watching those games when you know how they're going to end you know what the result is going to be um it's uh i'm bored with it it's frustrating i'm hoping that we get something a little bit different here in these last couple weeks because it has been it, for for what is usually and what's supposed to be the best month of the season, I would say November has been pretty actively shitty for college football so far. I, it's not been especially compelling these first two weeks. Yeah, and the matchups next week aren't. It's kind of all coming down to week thirteen of the conference yeah. championship because next week is kind of a kind of a boner too. Mm. Um, well, well, <laughs> at least Jimbo got fired, huh? That's, we got that. That's for sure. It is cool that like it seems to me like. Basically, a handful of teams are taking on all of like the big upset losses, like they're Christ on the cross for the rest of us. Uh-huh. Um, like A and M, LSU, USC, Clemson, USC, uh, Notre Dame, a little bit. They're just kind of they're all like the talented programs that are in Penn State that are eating shit on behalf of everybody else. Wisconsin. They're, they're just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've just sat themselves at the end of the human centipede of college football and are <laughs> and are allowing everyone else to stay clean. Yeah. I will say, like, among the top eight teams, I don't feel like there's a ton of separation. Like, I know that, you know, Washington beat Oregon by a field goal, right? And Texas beat Bama by two scores in, in Bama's house. That is a big deal. And I, I hate these are of other people, but if you played that game again, yeah. I don't think the result will be the same. I think that game would be more competitive. I think Texas might lose outright to Bamba today. Um, and I think that Oregon could beat Washington certainly in the right day. Um, that's both possible. And we'll see Ohio State, Michigan soon. We'll see Georgia, Bama soon. We'll see a rematch almost certainly of Washington, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, we'll see Louisville, Florida State. Like we do have more big games coming, which is cool. But this would be the perfect year for an eight-team playoff, right? Like we, I think we yeah. all think there are eight serious teams. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to have an eight-team play. I know we're going to go to the twelve-team, but this would be a wonderful year for an eight-team playoff. Yeah, and it's been like that for a couple years now, where it's like, damn, it would be so sick if we didn't, if we weren't stuck with the four-team playoff. For I don't really know why. It's it's not like there's like an outside. Oh well, we're beholden to this contract with this outside group. Like I, I think you I think you are in control of all the contracts. 
sucks if you're college football. Yeah, it's a fake you're entity. Playoff. That kind of you it's made just, up. it's yeah. just you. It's you. It's not like, oh no, the TV networks are going to be so pissed if we add extra volume to the postseason. I think they'd probably <laughs> get over it. I think they'd probably be fine. Like, what are you, what are you adhering to? Oh, we, we, you know, we, we promised these fucking stadiums that they would get four team playoff games. Like, I. <laughs> What are they going to do? Not have them? Are they going to protest yeah. and be like, oh, we don't want your fucking playoff games? Okay, we'll go to a different stadium then. <laughs> like, I don't know who it's... I don't know why there has to be this this planned, like, slowness in everything that happens at the top of the sport. You could just fucking do it. It's just you. You're the one setting the rules. It's, it's, it's only you. You don't have deals with anybody else. It's just... Your own I think it's just slowness. the nature of like the massive institutions that are behind the football teams. Yeah. The fact that these are like universities and TV networks that each have, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars at stake and all of this stuff. Yeah. I think just leads to an like inherent institutional slowness for any individual one of them. Like we all know how slow universities move on decisions. Yeah. We know how slow networks are. And you combine, you know, hundreds of universities with <laughs> like large networks. And disagreements between networks and competition with one another, it just lends itself to this kind of like just bloat, right? This like bureaucratic yeah. bloat that doesn't allow things to happen quickly. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's a bummer. But I think for you also, likely, like your lack of enjoyment from the season comes around the fact that probably more than any other year in recent memory, it's been clouded by conference realignment stuff, which you don't really like. Yeah. It's been, it's also a bad G5 year. Um, I'm gonna. It's been, we have that on the dock a little bit. I'm gonna push back on that when we get to it because I think that maybe okay. I, I I fear that maybe there are some people who aren't watching the games parachuting in with that take, um, and I I'll push back on it a little bit. But I don't need to. Do I'll that say right I've now. watched a lot of them. Not I'm not saying you specifically. I there are some people in mind <laughs> who yeah, are not yeah, gonna have a name on the podcast. Yeah. But I, I I think that there is a some record watching that is not necessarily yeah, it rhymes with Tosh gate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It uh, might. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I, I think that it, it's, it's all right. Look, it's going to be all right. I think we're going to have a good last couple weeks of the season minimum. I think it's going to be a very good playoff. Like I do think for as much like separation as there is from the top eight versus everybody else, or top nine versus everybody else. I do think those games to get a top nine into a top four and then to see this top four play amongst each other. Like I know Michigan is currently leading the SP plus by a fairly large margin, but like, I don't think you, I, or anybody else believes that, like Michigan is clearly like a touchdown better than anybody else. Right. Like that. No one thinks that. Um, yeah. I, so yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd be curious to, I know I would be curious. I am going to be excited to watch this stuff play itself out uh, in November, December, and January till we get to a final champion. Like, I think that like all of the bullshit that's led to getting here has kind of been tedious for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I do think the payoff should be worth it. And maybe I'm just talking myself into some optimism here when I know it's not been that way. And, you know, most of their years, of the playoff, but We've had some good playoff games in recent years. Right? We've had some exciting ones. We had Ohio State Georgia last year. That was great. Yeah. Michigan TCU was fantastic. Like there's been a lot of other good games in recent seasons that I'm hopeful could play out that way again. Yeah. Well, we got to get through at least one more week of uh, talking about the TDS and talking about this, this shit that didn't really uh, impact all that much with this week 11. But before we do that, 
uh, I will tell you about Home Field Apparel. Uh, it's high quality collegiate vintage apparel. If you use the code MEET at Midfield, you can get 15% off your first purchase. Over there, you can purchase things like shirts, sweatshirts, uh, jogger pants. They got hats. They've got bomber jackets. They have all sorts of cool stuff, and they have it for just about every single team. Uh, if you are a fan of a team in college athletics, the chances are they have a collection for you. Go on over to homefieldapparel.com and use that code Meet at Midfield for 15% off your first purchase. Uh, Ryan, do you want to tell people about Meet at Midfield real quick? Oh, yeah. Um, we are on uh, to meetmidfield.com. It is our website. Um, it is a college football website. We talk about the entire sport. Uh, we have have weekly columns to a piece from yourself and me. Uh, we have an incredibly active message board that has been humming with all of the Michigan sign stealing news, uh, all of the games weekly. Uh, we've had uh, hundreds of posts in essentially every single slate of the day. Um, we were we were going nuts for that Michigan Penn State game yeah. uh, yesterday. Of course, um, we have a lot of great. You know, obviously there's this podcast. If you want to hear our thoughts on the recent coach firing news, which we haven't even touched on yet, I know we made jokes about it. Yeah, uh, but obviously Jimbo Fisher fired from AM, Andy Avalos fired from Boise State, uh, Mike Yersich, the offensive coordinator at Penn State, was fired. Um, we're going to talk about all of those in the premium show, which you can get access to by subscribing to meetupmidfield.com. Um, so uh, come get there. We have uh, we have two free podcasts this month per week and a premium podcast weekly as well. My other Ohio State podcast, High Street Freaks with Kevin Harish, also has a free and a premium podcast weekly. Uh, that one has been doing some numbers with all the Michigan stuff going on, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> people are people are tuning in for that one, even if you particularly don't like it that much. Um, <laughs> not not I, call, it's not yeah. that I don't like the show; it's that I don't like the Michigan stuff. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, but either way, yeah, it's a great time to come join us. Uh, the season is pushing towards an exciting end, even if some there's been some slock in the middle. Um, but yeah, look, come boogie. It's meet at midfield.com. Come subscribe and get access to all the premium content, the articles, the message board, and the podcast. That's right. Uh, all right, weeknight, we got a couple of results here to talk about in, in brief. Uh, SMU takes care of business against North Texas 45 to 21. Uh, UNLV really kind of stomps Wyoming 34 to 14. Both of those teams now 8 and 2 both firmly in their conference title races, respectively. Uh, and then Thursday night, kind of really close game, cutting it very, very tight, but uh, Louisville eventually wins 31-24 to over Virginia uh, with a, a late fourth-quarter surge to move to 9-1. and Man, they they did not make it easy on themselves, but, but they found a way uh, later yeah. on in this one to get the job done. Um this is another one of those teams where like and they are not i i i know that they're technically there as a one loss power five team i don't think we need to really group louisville with the other ones of like oh wow these guys these guys just can't be beat like no they they really badly want to be beaten i I think that i (laughs) think that there's like three scores to pit yeah (laughs) i think there's a very good chance that they are beaten in these last two weeks because boy they just they just are shaky at times they're really good in some spots and then in other spots they lose to pit by 17 points and almost lose at home to virginia um i just don't trust them i don't i don't trust this team i think that they are good they are not great and they're not going to be great they're just kind of there i'm actually i'm looking at their schedule right now until the last couple weeks it's been almost exactly every other week where they're good or versus bad yeah they started out by looking like shit against short attack They, they they won but they blew out murray state they almost lost the second half to Indiana. 
They blew out Boston College, who's now six and four. Uh-huh. Um, they had a tight road win at NC State. Uh, they took care of Pitt against Notre Dame, beat them by two scores. They got blown out by three scores by Pitt. Uh, they blew out Duke by three scores. They blew out Virginia Tech by four, five scores. Yeah. Um, no, four scores. And they uh, then they narrowly beat Virginia at home. Yeah. Um, so I guess that means we're due to see an asshole beat up Miami next week. That makes sense. And then a home loss to Kentucky to end the season. <laughs> that checks out to me. I think that that sounds about uh, right with how, how Louisville likes to operate. That I will sense. say there is a very narrow path for Louisville to make the playoff. Uh, very um, narrow. Yeah. Extreme, tremendously yeah. narrow. <laughs> It involves the way what would have to involve Georgia winning out and beating Alabama. Washington wins out and beats Oregon in the Pac 12 title. Uh, Texas takes a loss. Louisville obviously has to win out and beat Florida State. And you pray like hell that at 12 and 1, the committee puts you in over the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Which seems unlikely, but I guess it's possible. <laughs> um, you probably need to beat Florida State by a couple scores, yeah. but look very dominant the last two weeks of the season. Yeah. The whole beating Florida State by multiple scores thing, that is where I think the path becomes a little bit too slim for this this Cardinals team. I don't know that they're fitting on that specific tightrope. <laughs> that seems like a little bit. Seems like yeah. Little I don't think anyone believes ask. it, but, but I have to point out that it's possible. Yeah. Their big ass is not walking across that type type (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah i think uh but it's still a very impressive season from jeff brom yeah great season for louisville great season for jeff brom even if their big ass is not walking across that tightrope i think that (laughs) i think that this is probably going to be coming to an end fairly soon for louisville but nine and one is nine and one and they're going to be uh, are they clinched in the ACC title game yet? Did they did they do that, or are they still uh, a game away? It comes down to the tiebreakers of uh, winning percentage amongst common opponents between them and North Carolina. Uh, if they were to lose another game and North Carolina wins out, okay. Um, it, it's hard to say. If they win against Miami, they're clinched. Yeah, they are very likely based on their winning record, their, their, their like their record in the conference, to make it. It's not. It's pretty goddamn likely they're going to make it in, okay. but they could theoretically still miss it if they lose. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, moving to Saturday noon, uh, Michigan 24, Penn State 15. Uh, Michigan does it in kind of a funny way here where pretty early on in this game, Michigan, I guess, saw enough that it decided uh, we don't want to pass the ball anymore. And so it didn't. It did not throw a pass, did not complete a pass, rather, in the final 37 minutes of game time. Um, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you have a, a different a different way of looking at this, but the way that I watched the game and, and and what I saw here, I thought as watch as I was watching that, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You don't really need to do it, and so why pass the ball? Why <laughs> why put it in harm's way? You might as well just run out the clock, and they did, and it was not really a huge a huge deal. I'm sure that this can be used to push some anti JJ McCarthy uh, propaganda. Well, it's but... not even, uh, it's not even him. Uh, sorry. And yeah. I'm not trying to preempt you here, but like, it's not even the fact that he played poorly necessarily. I don't think he played. I mean, no, he, he was seven of eight for 60 yards yeah, for seven, an average of, they, but they, they couldn't protect him. They couldn't protect him. That's the problem is their O line, which has been pretty pedestrian all season. Um, I mean, they got smoked a couple times early on. Penn state only finished with one sack. But that's pretty much again. That's on eight dropbacks, yeah. right? They also had se- <laughs> they they also had uh, at least seven tackles for loss. Game on paper sometimes under understates the number of tackles for loss. At least seven. Um, I don't yeah. know how many it was exactly, but it was at least it was it was a it was a good deal. They had a pretty high havoc rate. They were creating things in the backfield. They were winning at the line of scrimmage pretty frequently. Yeah, I think Michigan's calculus was 
we cannot protect JJ McCarthy. Um, our receivers are not really doing much to get open against Michigan against Penn State secondary. Like I thought that they had a few uh, some successes there where yeah uh, Penn State was crashing really hard on everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, and... that's the other thing of this is it wasn't just that Penn State was winning with three or four. Like Penn State was fucking blitzing. Penn State was blitzing a lot. And in fact, I think the I mean, like, look, the reason Penn State lost this game is because they don't have an offense. But this game could have been a little tighter if, like, early in that first half, Penn State was crashing on everything, every rep. Yeah. And Michigan exploited for a couple big explosives in the rushing game. And if Penn State adjusted a little bit earlier, I think Michigan struggled to score 24 the way they did. Um, and I will say, too, one of that was like there was a late touchdown there that where, you know, Penn yeah. State was pretty much already cooked. They knew their offense couldn't do the ball. Like you can see those defensive players, just their frustration with the offense. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to blame them, right? Penn State's offense was miserable. That game plan was terrible. Um, I don't really understand what they were trying to do. It looked really bad. Uh, Drew Aller averaged 3.2 yards an attempt on 22 passes. Yeah. Um, he Really abysmal shit. He is not yeah. there. He's just he's just not there. Um, yeah, there were... He doesn't have it, and they don't do anything to make it better. Yeah, two late touchdowns here in the last five minutes. Michigan gets one to really put the game out of reach, and then Penn State gets one with about two minutes left. Which Penn State, the vintage Franklin, that's the James, yeah, yeah, the James Franklin classic. If they're winning, they get that late touchdown to cover the spread and look better. If they're losing, they get that late touchdown so that he can say that it was only a nine-point game in the post-game press conference. Yeah, Um, I mean, it was like to me in my head, this game ended when when Penn State turned the ball over at seventeen-nine. Right, they were never getting that ball back. They didn't have enough time. Yeah. but yeah, look, either way, the result's the same, right? Yeah. It, it was a competitive game where Penn State's offense couldn't deliver. Um, I think Michigan's defense did play largely pretty well. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Grant is a dude in that front. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that the rest of their defensive linemen have done that much. Like, I, I loved Mason Graham coming to the season. He's been good. He, I don't think he's been dominant. Like, Kenneth Grant is the best player on that defense to me. Uh, people might disagree with that. People love Will Johnson and Mike Santristell and a few others. But to me, Kenneth Grant's the best player in that defense. Um, he is a game wrecker. He's so yeah. awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, Penn State had some success running the football. Despite not being able to pass at all, they did average 4.7 yards per carry uh, against Michigan's defense. I thought Catron Allen was pretty good. Yeah. I don't understand why Penn State kept going back to Nicholas Singleton when Catron Allen was so much better rep to rep. Uh-huh. Um I don't really understand. There's just a lot of things on Penn State's offense I will never understand. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they do either. But the good news is they fired Mike Yurcich. So, I mean, I can't wait to see who the next bad coordinator that James Franklin hires is. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it's a good win for Michigan, right? Like, they had not played anybody all season. They play a serious team, and they come away with a two-score road win. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about the hysterics from Sean Sharon Moore after the game? Um, not particularly. We can we can mention them. Uh, I, I I think that uh, I think you were more offended by this than I was. Um, I'm not I, offended. I'm more just. I, it, I'm actually not mad, dude. I'm laughing. Yeah, you're laughing. <laughs> it is it is very funny too. After like, it's not like Jim Harbaugh was like, you know. <laughs> It's not like he was killed. It, yeah. it, it isn't he like he's a been, mile away in a hotel. Yeah, it, it's not like Jim Harbaugh was like like he's been you know he's being hunted down for no for no reason. He's he's completely he's <laughs> he to, was he's got totally, red-handed cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just he was just trying to get to work, and they're just harassing him. They're just, they won't let him they won't let him live. They won't let him cook. Like I don't know. It's pretty. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's been pretty established why he's been suspended. Um, and, and to, to do the thing like, uh, you know, they're just, he's such a great man. I know he's, I know he's watching and they've taken him away from his work and all of that. It's like, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess they have. <laughs> I don't think that this it was, was so I, I don't know that this was some great, like, oh my God, you, you overcame so much. Adver- like it was, it's kind of your own. He couldn't call timeouts for you. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of your own adversity. And also you don't even really need his ass. Like if you don't, it's just, yeah. if it's just on the sidelines during the game, like what the fuck is the, he's not doing anything his, anyway. He's not calling jobs, plays. He's just hanging his out. His two jobs are to call timeouts. And to calm down when JJ McCarthy's golden retriever brain gets too excited, he starts wagging his tail on the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are his two jobs. Yeah, he's and... got he's got like a big pouch for peanut butter bones in his pocket, right? He's got, <laughs> you just have to wear the yeah, shirt like, with the peanut butter bones in the pocket. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, and look, Sharon Moore called a good game. Like I, I was impressed by Moore. He deserves some kudos. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that at all. But we already knew he was a good coach, right? He didn't do anything different. Yeah. It was just the the fucking the hysterical like victim complex and persecution <laughs> complex they all have blows my fucking He's mind. A company it's... company man. He he was play, yeah. he was playing the line very very nicely. <laughs> right to what they're supposed they have, to be saying right to now. To their credit, they have successfully exceeded Kirby Smart levels of delusion. Yeah. Where they are convinced that everyone's out to get them. They did nothing wrong after like their second major violation and a period of a year. Yeah. Um and uh it also it, it goes yeah it goes all the way down to the bottom too like it's all the way through the whole fucking thing uh charles woodson was on national tv saying it's a bunch of bullshit yeah. desmond howard was getting dunked on by pete the mel do you, you know how dumb and wrong you have to be to have pete the mel's like you know milk toast her personality making yeah. fun of you yeah like you have to be so obviously ridiculous to do that and then even the fucking michigan hockey account was posting pictures of Jim Harbaugh hugging his mom when they went to the hockey game that night. Um, he's a he's a sixty year old man. Yeah, he's, a, he's an adult man. He's an adult man. He's just he's being persecuted. He's not an adult man. He's a nearly retirement age man. <laughs> It's really funny. I have to give them credit. It's really funny to be doing that. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I, it's like, oh my it, god, it has been. I'm not going to relitigate the whole side thing here, but. I have just really enjoyed them. It's kind of the whole thing, but being wrong every step of the way on the entire process. Yeah. I, like this is not for like our buddies, right? Like I think Dan and Taylor are pretty clear-eyed about this, and uh, you know some other friends we have are some of our subscribers. But like going from look, we didn't cheat. This isn't real. To like okay, maybe we did cheat, but you can't prove it. To yeah. okay, you maybe you could prove it, but are you know you're you're not going to be able to get us in trouble. The bylaws don't allow you. Then okay, maybe the bylaws will allow you, but our lawyers are going to get us out of this one. Yeah. And then okay, well our lawyers didn't get us out of it, but they will soon. And it's just like the constant retreat and drawing a line in a new place. And yeah, um, I I'll uh, go go ahead and finish, and then I'm gonna I have a no, I don't know. Yeah. It just drives me. I, I, like I just like. I know we all want it to be over because it's very annoying to still deal with it. I do get that. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it's going to become like a, a Q level delusion for these people forever. Like the fact that the Michigan media, the team site media dug their heels in so hard every step of this and just like either had bad info or like knowingly lied uh, about what was happening is like going to make so many people convinced forever that they got totally persecuted or did nothing wrong. And, you know, being able to see some signs in the broadcast thing is the same thing as like, you know, going to 60 games in person to film opponents and That's, upload over 5,000 pictures and videos to a shared so drive. Many. It's so many. <laughs> it's so many <laughs> like, fucking games. <laughs> there's some stuff that 
we can't talk about here yet that we've been working <laughs> on that I hope that they, uh, the majority of them get to a point when this yeah. all comes out where they actually read it and don't just sit on their initial impressions of, oh, we got fucking screwed because I don't think a lot of people yet realize how fucking insane it was. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the only thing that, that won't I, happen, but I'm hoping for it. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that I will add is that like the, the, both on, on either end of the field, the goalposts are moving wildly. They're just, <laughs> just moving all over the goddamn <laughs> grid anywhere past midfield. We're just moving the, the fucking goalposts. Cause like, yes, on the, on the Michigan side that is happening also on the, on the, on your side and on the, the Ohio state side, the oh, side so, of everyone else, in the big 10 yeah. Yeah, the, the, on the side of everybody else in the big 10, the celebration over a three game suspension is like, Holy shit, we got him. That's what you wanted. Yeah. That was what you were looking for is you thought, you thought this was going to be a three game suspension and not, uh, it was never that Michigan was going to get the fucking death penalty. And it's going to be Jim Harbaugh think... would be killed and, and, <laughs> <laughs> tarred and feathered and i'm still holding out hope i'm still holding out hope um there is no a, we i have, do we think have like, a simultaneous I, cope going on we it's it's very it yeah. is very funny it's like a tennis match <laughs> for sure i do have some awareness the fact the ncaa who like is the only real body that has any serious power like pervasive power can they can't really do anything during the season just by their own bylaws yeah um uh there are some people who are pretty included in this stuff in within the big 10 who keep talking I mean, it's even the Big Ten's punishments are not quite over yet. Um, I'll believe that when I see it. I'm hopeful yeah. it's true. But I will say there is a certainly non-zero chance that Sharon Moore's comments and weeping look pretty funny in the next couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, that's all I will say. Is there, are we talking uh, about a Sharon-less situation? Are we heading for a Sharon-less hmm. uh, scenario? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the light Sharoned on him today, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, the light of the law. Yeah. Uh, anyway. No, look, it's yeah. a big win for Michigan. <laughs> it's a big win for Michigan. It is status quo for Penn State. It's who they are fundamentally. Um, I, I don't know. Like, James Franklin is less stupid Jimbo Fisher, yeah. right? Or, like, Jimbo Fisher with fewer discipline problems. His teams don't, like, get in trouble with the law constantly or commit a bunch of penalties every game. Um and the, I, I, like they're just basically the same team besides that. That's the differentiator between the bottom falling out for Jimbo getting fired and James Franklin loving to be the third best team in his conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's I, it. Yeah. I, my last thing on the game and on, on Penn state, and I saw this in a couple places, I think including from friend of the friend of the show, friend of the site, Brett Larder. I think I agree with this. Um, Penn state should fire James Franklin. They should move on from James Franklin. I've, I've, I don't think that this is going to yield anything more than this. I think this is the best he can do at this point. I think that his 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 absolute best days at Penn State are behind him, and the conference is only going to get harder. Um, he just doesn't have it. He's not that level of coach. He's not a national championship winning coach, and they want to be that style of program. They should fire him. I think they should fire him. Um, they're not going to, but... I think they well, should. You, you I've seen know, enough with him. I don't. I don't need to see it anymore. I get it. You know that I hate James Franklin, and you know that I love firing coaches. That's true. I will say, I would hold my horse on that one. As the conference expands a little bit here, the impending like you know sword of Damocles above Michigan's neck does change the dynamic of the conference, even with new teams coming in, like is Lincoln Riley any more serious than James Franklin? I don't think so. Like, I think 
Franklin has put out a couple teams that are as good as Riley's best teams. Um, yeah, I think it's, that... it's not so much the California teams I'd be worried about out of the Pac-12. I, I Washington, think... Oregon, yeah. Yeah, I think there and... are two machines coming into the conference from not the California states or the California <sighs> state. Um, uh, uh, look, Washington's been awesome this year, and I love Kalen DeBoer. It's a hard place to get enough talent to, like... yeah. Washington is still going to be less talented than Penn State almost every year. I just, and, I, I feel like they're just I, I my concern is that the Big Ten is adding anywhere from two to four programs who can do exactly what Penn State has been doing for the for last sure, for sure for sure however many years now, um, and that's not that's not good for Penn State that there are going to be four more schools vying for basically that exact same spot that it has filled because like yeah but Penn State doesn't win good, big games very often. <laughs> It's not something that they're capable of doing. It's true. It's true. But I guess my thought would be like, let him prove to you, like you're not in a bad enough position where you have to get rid of him. Like you're not A&M where you've seen definitively no. that you can never beat good teams. I know they don't do it a ton, but they have done it. Like he has, he has four top 10 finished the Penn state since 2016. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's what the last uh, seven seasons prior to this one, they could very well finish top 10 this year if they went out. Uh, which they should do. Um, I think that, I don't know, you have five top 10 finishes in eight years. Like you're going to the playoff more often than not. You're you're competitive. Like they were competitive in these two games. Like I'll say that. Like I, their offense sucks, but you fired the OC. Is he going to make a better hire? I don't know. Probably not. He's an idiot. I get that. But I would like, I don't think you're in a rush to make this move because you do have an established good program. You're not like AM where you're sliding downwards and you're adding more teams ahead of you, you're maintaining your spot. And in fact, you may even have a chance to move up if these disasters, uh, like if Michigan ends up having a disaster with the the, the, the Harbaugh situation, maybe even the Moore situation. Uh, and if like, you know, one of these guys at Oregon or Washington gets hired somewhere else, or, you know, who knows if Lincoln Riley is going to be at USC for much longer. Like, I understand the point being made that they're in a, tricky spot but i would at least wait a year or two to see what he proves to you yeah i I suppose you can watch to see if you know if ohio state trends downward which we've been kind of you know keeping an eye on with ryan day and and our our thoughts on him if michigan collapses that stuff then yeah penn state is right there i just i don't know do you trust this guy to win those games to to you know to step into that spot to become the number one like how long could he even if he gets there, if he falls ass backwards into the number one spot, can he fucking defend that? I don't think he can. I don't think he can play with a bull. No, with a, probably with a not. But if, you get, if you're at Penn State, if you get the number one spot once every four or five years, aren't you thrilled with that at Penn State? Yeah, I don't think he can do it. I think he's. I think he is yeah, beyond his. Probably I think not. he's beyond his prime. Um, I. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm curious to see what goes on there. Anyway, uh, moving on. Alabama 49, Kentucky 21. Really not a ton to talk about here. Just pretty. Nope. Pretty comprehensive. Uh, Alabama beats the shit out of out of Kentucky. Um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. The SEC is just not good. It's just not good. There's not a whole lot of good teams in this conference. I did express to you the opinion last night, and I, I, we're going to flesh this out in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Um, I do have the feeling, and this is not based on any football things. This is not based on any actual analysis. It's just vibes. It does feel like an Auburn season to me. It feels like a season where a, a not very good Auburn team upsets Alabama, and it's like this huge surprise in 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 the rivalry week. It, I just I have that sense. I have that feeling of it's been a couple years. 
Auburn is is punchy but not good. I think um, I think it could be an Auburn year. I think we could be in for an Auburn year, which would be wonderful. I would love that. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for that. I can't believe I'm siding yeah. with Hugh Freeze, but like, God damn, it would be so sick if he could do that. I just just get these guys out of the way. I don't want to have to worry about them. Yeah, I mean they're very annoying. Um, I just don't think they're that good. I know I know they look improved. I respect they've gotten some big wins the last few weeks. Um, yeah. Or at least quality wins. They've I think quality wins. they're doing a much yeah. better job of maximizing what they have. I still have my concerns about what they have. Yeah. I think if, like, of the eight serious teams, I would probably take every single one of them straight up against Bama. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> so, that'd be, I mean, yeah. It's cool. Like, their, their defense is nasty. Like, Terry and Arnold is a fucking dog. Like respect to him. That kid is amazing. Yeah. Um, Dallas Turner animal, but like this team as a whole, the stuff you're doing, like I would even say some of the things I said about Michigan a little bit, which is like, you can run a limited game plan to beat lesser teams who can't hang with you or have like fatal flaws, but the teams you have to beat to get to where you want to go not all of them have fatal flaws, right? You're going to have to play a complete game at some point. You can't just like, like for Alabama, you can't just ignore the fact that your quarterback can't work through reads. Yeah. Um, for, for Michigan, you can't just ignore the fact that your tackles can't protect. Yeah. Like that is stuff that matters when you play more serious teams. Um, and all every team has some of these to an extent, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Ohio State's quarterback's a moron. Um, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I think that, that Georgia... I don't know. They Georgia, don't really have a ton of flaws. Right Georgia's now. offensive Georgia's offensive coordinator is Mike Bobo, and at some point that will hurt them. Um, yes, that would be what I would say about that. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, I mean, fucking Missouri's bad defense held them down. Yeah, yeah. yeah Washington doesn't have a defense. Um, Oregon. What the fuck is wrong with Oregon? Oregon hasn't played anybody. Oregon I mean, they haven't really beat anybody, anybody serious yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else is up there? There's other teams in there. Louisville, sucks. Texas. Texas is coached by Steve Sarkeesian, and <laughs> that's, also that's true. And also, uh, it wants to lose. Texas's players <laughs> want to lose. They don't like the pressure of being in the spot that they're in. They're <laughs> they're miserable. They're like, please stop looking at us, everybody. Please stop looking at, at us and talking about us. We they they have performance anxiety. Um, yeah, there, there's everybody. Everybody up at the top of the sport does have a flaw, but some of them have more fatal flaws than others. Yep, that's pretty much the size of it. Um, well, well, uh... Texas Tech 16, <laughs> Kansas 13, Kansas playing largely without uh, Jason Bean here, who took a really nasty hit and left the game Dude, pretty early on. Um, how did he come? He was walking off like seconds after that hit. I, I His don't, leg. I don't know if there's been uh, any official reporting on what happened to him. I would assume that he tore his ACL. Right, because if you tear your ACL, Something. you can yeah. walk. You can still you can go straight line. Straight line's not the problem. When you have an ACL tear, it's it's everywhere else. It's any other direction. But you can walk straight line on a torn ACL. It it's I've seen I'm seeing articles saying that he suffered a head injury. It didn't seem like it was his head. It seemed like it was his fucking leg went backwards. His knee went in the wrong Dude, direction. His leg was I, I don't how do the angles work? Okay, so straight on's 180 degrees. Right to the right is 90 degrees. His leg was like a. 45 degree angle to his body when he landed it was very fucking gross it's not good it's not good i i don't know i I don't know what the deal is with him but he leaves the game pretty early on uh freshman cole ballard comes in 
plays about how you would expect a freshman to play. Um, it was a great name. It was a great game from Devin Neal. Kansas still had a chance to win this one late on. Comes down and and uh, in fact they should have won. Yeah, kind of kind of fucks it up in a goal line situation, which they have done. Their goal line offense just leaves a little bit to be desired this season, and it really it has for you know, the last season too. Um, they end up kicking a field goal to tie the game, where they they had it like first and goal. They they should have scored. It should have been a touchdown uh, to to go ahead, and instead they kick a field goal with time left on the clock for Texas Tech to go down and win the game, which Texas Tech does. Uh, frustrating, very frustrating loss for Kansas. Yeah. I can't fully hold it against them with a backup quarterback, but. Damn, guys. No, I mean, three, three they didn't lose the back of quarterback. And, you can't hold against them. Yeah, three I turnovers mean, and just bad situational play really cost they, them a game that they should have won. They had a first and goal at the Texas Tech 10 with two timeouts in their pockets with 44 seconds left. And they kicked a field goal with 25 seconds left. Yeah, there, there's uh, no reason for Texas Tech to see the ball again in that situation. There's no that, reason. That's for the it. last thing that could have happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, you just can't and they that. tried even like their third down play to get a touchdown to go win it was a, a like trick play Devin Neal pass. Yeah, that was could have been intercepted if Texas Tech was serious. Yeah, um, it almost worked. The guy just the guy dropped the ball, but still like I don't know, call a real play. It's third down. You don't need to do the trick play right now. Just call a real play. Yeah, I did not like that at all. I um, I thought the end of game management was pretty bad there. They they fucked that up pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, even they had, like, you, you had third and goal, the Texas Tech three-yard line with 30 seconds left. Run the football. Like, make Texas Tech call a timeout. Don't leave them with any timeouts left. Yeah. Yeah, give the ball to Devin Neal under normal circumstances. Don't make him throw it. He's a really good running back. Yeah. Just let him run. It's like, And you still have a timeout, too. Like, whether Texas Tech calls it or you do, Yeah, you either kick the – like, you have three – you're at the three-yard line, run the football, get a yard or two, um – if you don't score outright, uh, if you don't get it, either go for it again to go win the football game or kick the field goal then and give them back the ball with no timeouts left in their pocket with a few seconds left. That if if even. Yeah. It yeah, it was it was mismanaged. Lance Leipold said as much uh after the game, which I do appreciate when coaches do that, of like, yeah, I fucked that yeah. up. That was my bad. Um, and yeah, he did. It's, it's, uh, it's a frustrating loss for, for Kansas. They should have won the game and they didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I hope that the quarterback situation cleans itself up here within the next week because I don't think Ballard is quite ready for, (laughs) quite ready for prime time. Honestly, given the circumstances, I thought he played pretty well, but damn, it it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. And, and it's, um, it's a shame that Kansas can't get better injury luck at quarterback. They've had a really, really rough go of it these last two years with Jalen Daniels being as, as injury prone as he is. Yeah, it sucks, but doing great. I mean, still, still seven and three, despite the circumstances, yeah. um, pretty frustrating because more was in front of them, but yeah, especially with the way the big 12 went today, they could have, uh, could have been in the mix of the big 12 title, yep. but they're not. All right. Um, Afternoon. Where do you want to go first? Yeah, well, we can start with just a quick James Madison blowout. They because I don't really have time with the game itself. Just the, G, the G, and uh, New Year's Six pop the G five. Yeah, um, they won forty four six versus UConn. They are just like this is out their best player, right? Jalen Green was out. They are just ripping through the sport. Yeah, um, they are they are very good. Uh, I would love to see them get bowl eligible, um, because I think they are like head and shoulders the best team in the in the g5 
Yeah. And I don't want to have to watch Liberty go do it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And and that 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 part of it, I, I referenced this earlier, that part of it I agree with. James Madison is pretty clearly the best G5 team this year. They should be the representative. If we want it to be a fair representation of the group of five and what it has to offer this year, they sh- it should be James Madison in, in the New Year's Six. I don't think that there's any question about that. Um, I hope that they get the chance because it should be them. Uh, the the thing that I that I do take a little bit of issue with that I have seen is the idea that like oh it has to be James Madison because the G five has nobody else who should be in that spot. There's nobody else at the G five level who deserves that chance. Like you know the, it's a it's a really shitty year for the G five. All of this stuff, right? Like I don't know. I think there are teams who could probably in a normal in a normal year, they would be fine. It would be fine to have them in the, in the New Year's Six. It didn't yeah. used to be a thing that every year the G5 New Year's Six pick would be unbeaten. There have been one-loss teams <laughs> in that in that game. There have been teams no, that, are sure, not, but... that are not perfect. That were like There was a Memphis team in like 2019 that played Penn State that played really well, that had a loss. Um, Tulane, I think, would be fine. I don't love this Tulane team, but I think they'd be fine. I think SMU yeah. would probably Tulane be fine. Tulane has really started to kind of play poorly. They, yeah. they played still winning, one score games. They're still winning, but they played one score games in four straight weeks against yeah. North Texas, Rice, ECU, and Tulsa. Yeah. None of which are good teams. No, no. They, sh- they should be playing better than they are, but ultimately still winning. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that... Yeah they would have as good a chance as anybody unfortunately i don't really want to see them in that game but they would be they would have a resume that would merit it i think uh liberty's unbeaten liberty is good i i know that people don't like liberty but i will tell you liberty is a good football team they would do well um toledo's nine yeah, and they one. also have a few quality wins too liberty is like i mean people are going to respect it because a lot of like national watchers don't really watch the the g5 but yeah. i mean liberty that has a two-score win against Bowling Green, which is six and four. They have a a, a two-score win against an eight and three New Mexico State team. Yeah, uh, and they have a three-score win uh, on the road against a seven and three Jacksonville State team. Yeah, they have. Um, and good. they've been blowing teams out the last few weeks too. Yeah, and, and the CUSA is better than the AAC this year. <laughs> like it, it is. This is not that bad of a league, and they've really kind of torn through it. I think they'd be fine. I think they would be a lot of fun to watch on that stage. I would like to see a Jamie Chadwell team get that chance at some point. Um, Toledo is nine and one and was a last minute drive against Illinois away from being unbeaten. Toledo was really good this year. Uh, the Mountain West is very quickly running out of candidates, but I do think UNLV is awesome and might kind of might kind of roll it out here down the stretch. Uh, and then Troy also in the Sun Belt. Troy's really fucking good. I know they have two losses, but Troy's been excellent since the first like three weeks after the first three weeks of the season. They've been just about perfect. Uh, they look yeah. like the same team that they have been. There are teams who would be able to do this. James Madison would be so it would be so great to see them there, and I think they deserve it more than anybody else. But the idea that there's not like a worthy G5 team other than them for the New Year's Six spot, I think that it is just people who aren't watching the G5 because like there are still really good teams. Troy's really good. Uh, Liberty's really good. Toledo is good. Like these, these teams I think are, it, it would be fine. (laughs) It would be fine if it's not James Madison. I'd greatly prefer that it's them because they're the best of the bunch, but it's not that bad of a year for the G5. There are still plenty of really good teams at this level. Yeah. I do think we'll get some momentum 
look, I kind of hate the kitty operates this way, but they're almost always just taking the AAC champion for the spot, it feels like, unless the Sun Belt's dominant team or the Mountain yeah. West does. Yeah, um, which is really annoying because it has not been the best G5 league for a couple years now. Yeah, it's true, but we do have some good games like the last couple weeks here. We have uh, we have SMU playing at Memphis next weekend, which is a pretty big decider. Those are There are only four teams alive, and there's two of them. Uh, and then in the last week of the season on Friday night, you have UTSA playing at Tulane, yeah. uh, who are also both still in the mix. So like you do have some some good games left for those those two games. The winners of them functionally decide who's playing for the, the title game. Yeah, I think it gets a little goofy if I recall correctly. If Tulane beats UTSA and memphis beats smu it gets a little bit weird i don't know how it's gonna be decided i I have to look that up but i don't know we'll see we'll see if smu beats memphis it's gonna be smu versus uh versus tulane probably it would be smu versus the winner of utsa tulane um which yeah which is probably tulane right (laughs) is it I know they're playing like shit, but I mean, I I, I don't know. I still... And UTSA is playing really well. UTSA just beat Rice by twenty. <laughs> they did do that. They also beat North Texas by uh, by eight. Yeah, but I mean, they've they've had some. We'll see. I don't know. It, like, it'll we, be, we've seen yeah, it'll be settled on the field. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. see about that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it'll be settled on the field. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Either way, uh, yeah. I hope it goes well. I hope we see a good representative. I, I just hope they don't like look. Tulane's not a bad football team. But Tulane's not playing good football right now. And the committee has been incredibly lazy in how they're evaluating these teams. And I hope they yeah. take it a little more seriously down the stretch. They probably won't, but I hope they do. Yeah, um, it would be nice. It would be nice if they would take it a little bit more seriously. Uh, Florida State 27, Miami 20 next up here in the afternoon slate. Florida State closes it out late with an interception to basically win this one. Um I I can't. Um, this was not like the greatest performance of the season from Florida State. This was especially on the ground, pretty shaky from them. But I can't really blame them a ton here because it's a rivalry game, and rivalry games are always kind of like this. And I think that they, you know, they did enough to win the game. They survived against a a Miami team that I think was kind of giving the last that it had this season. Um, it's fine. They they did enough to survive. They keep a lot. They keep alive their undefeated season. They keep alive all of their playoff hopes and all that stuff. I'm not too worried about this. I, I think they did what they needed to do. Yeah, they they got away, right? They escaped. Um, <laughs> they got out of there. They did have some like. What's nice for Florida State, like we talked about in the off season, their roster is not as deep as the other top contenders, but they do have just incredible star power. Uh, at the top of it and like we saw that in this game with i mean i know you mentioned the interception with jerry and jones but he's not quite a star for this team but like kaylin deloach had two sacks right he was a critical factor uh keon coleman had a pretty quiet day for a lot of it but had that great touchdown catch kind of excuse me seal this one and also had a big yeah. hunt return that's <clears throat> up for a score uh on the score that he had actually um you know i thought jordan travis um did not run very well, but but was good enough in the passing attack. Like they, their defense in general, their secondary completely shut down Miami's passing game. Um, they were ten of thirty in the day. Um, they did injure Emory Williams. He had a pretty nasty hand slash wrist injury. Looked like it was an air cast situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was only hitting deep balls. Basically, uh, he could not do anything else, which is kind of Miami's whole deal anyway. Tyler Van Dyke came in and really throws a terrible pick. He had a couple nice balls at first, but the guy is not good. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Florida State did what it had to do. It won the football game. It is pretty much easy street from here on out. Uh, they have North Alabama uh, on their approximation of the SoCon Saturday, and then they play at Florida, which should not be a problem unless something stunningly bad happens. Um, they should be going to the title game against Louisville, North Carolina at 12-0. Yep, and playing for a playoff spot. Um, in the back 12 Washington rallies in the second half to beat Utah at home. Uh, 35-28 closes it down here late despite missing or having a field goal blocked. I couldn't really tell. I was watching on my phone. Was it blocked or was it missed? Um, it the... looked like it was missed to me. I thought, well, well, well hang on. There were, weren't there two issues? There was the one. The, oh, oh, okay, okay. I, I, I'm thinking now. The kid, uh, it was a bad hold and they put it laces towards his foot mm. and he hit it and it went directly like into the ass of okay. his own players. Okay, so kind of blocked, kind of just not... Special teams yeah. mismanagement. Yeah, so so Washington gives the ball back to Utah with like a minute and a half left, and then uh, Utah does not do anything with it. I think there was an interception to basically end the game. Yeah. Uh, Washington holds on down the stretch here. Not the prettiest win in the world for Washington, but another win. They find another way to get it done. I thought Michael Penix played really well, as he usually does. It was not his most efficient day, but he did what he needed to do. Dylan Johnson moves the ball fairly well. Um, yeah. Roma Dunes. Dylan Johnson just... had a lot of big runs, by the way, especially that second half. Like yeah. the numbers don't really explain how important he was to that victory. Yeah, uh, Roma Dunze I thought was pretty good as well. And then uh, the the guy who stood out to me didn't have a huge day statistically, but it just felt like every time they needed a play, he was the one who made it. Jack Westover at tight end, man, he's just fucking good. He's so reliable. He just catches everything that they throw his way, and they throw his way so often on third and fourth down. And he just made play after play in this game. And whenever it wasn't being called back for a penalty, he was there to catch the ball. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, he was good. I thought Devon Valle was awesome for Utah as well. Yeah, I thought he was like by far their best player on offense and really kind of uh, kept them afloat for a lot of this game. Um, Sione Vake too had a big influence. Uh, he did not really run the football. He had one carry and fumbled it. Yeah. And they stopped running with him. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> which is... A little bit of an overreaction, if you ask me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, he had four catches, six, seven yards, and a touchdown. Also had a key sack in this game and four tackles overall. Yeah, he had a um, he had a uh, uh, pass to what am I? I'm trying to say here a pass defended. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, Barnes kind of regressed a little bit to the mean. Yeah, um, he kind of looked like what we're used to seeing from him. Not yeah. a terrible day from him, but he certainly wasn't on the money. No. Um, Look, it was a good fight from from Utah. Uh, the Washington defense really set up the second half and shut down their offense. And Washington just got, got just enough points to go ahead and win this game and, and put it across the line, which is um, it's all you need, right? It's all the takes. Yep, that's all. There, the there was the the uh, fumble uh, at the goal line. You saw that, I assume, the interception return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could have been a little bit. Yeah, could have been a little bit worse here than it was. I think for for Utah, if, if, if the defensive, uh, I think it was a linebacker, was a linebacker or a lineman, somebody who doesn't run with the ball very much, didn't drop it uh, about three yards yeah. before the end zone on what yeah. would have been a it pick was, six. It was their linebacker, Alfonso Tupatala. Yeah, um, dude. He's even more of an edge rusher than a true linebacker. He wasn't them. even close. Um, he was like four no. yards away from the end zone, dog. You got to just carry that thing to the end zone. What are you doing? Come yeah, on. That was bad. It that was, was really bad. bad. They did get the safety right afterwards, which yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that certainly could have put the game away a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, if they had gotten that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh 
that was unfucking believable, man. I, I, I could not believe it. I it was, was yeah, it wasn't even close. I don't usually, I don't usually like EPA as a stat because I think it's kind of made up and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Um, but I do like it as a way to sort of highlight a difference between two teams in a game to to explain like how how accurate the final score was compared to what the the stats say that it should have been. Um, EPA for this game has it at about a fourteen point uh, difference between these two. That was more what it felt like to me watching them play specifically in the second half. I think that Washington was about two touchdowns better, which is about right. That that checks out with with basically what I have seen from these two teams this year. Utah did a really good job to keep it as close as it did. I think Washington was a good deal better and and got the you know the result that it was probably supposed to get here. Yeah, I mean, look, Utah hit two big explosives in the second half, that, in the second quarter rather. That was kind yeah. of what did this right. They had a fifty-three yard touchdown to Sione Maki. And they had a 68-yard completion to Devon Delhi that set them up on the um, at the goal line, basically. Yeah. And uh, those two scores gave them the lead before halftime. And then after that, they could not move the football all day. They went in the second half. They went three and out, three and out, interception, safety, three and out, interception. Yeah. Um, Washington just shut them down in the second half. Um, impressive for Utah without much of an offense all season to be in this game the way they were, uh, despite having a key. Uh, error on that near pick six and uh yeah look they played a good game but washington is just a better football team yep um utah here uh who do they finish the season with they have uh arizona on the road which is a damn good game yeah um and then uh colorado at home down the year yep yep so probably gonna be a pretty good finish for utah <laughs> i think i have i have a decent amount of faith in them heading into those last couple games uh yeah. sec if, i will say if they knock off arizona yeah. It's pretty much lights out for the <laughs> for the uh, the title race in the Pac-12. If they beat Arizona, yeah. then it's coming down to Oregon State needs to beat both Washington and Oregon, which uh-huh. seems like a tall task for the Beavers. And that's such a perfect game for Utah to win. They would love to beat this Arizona team. Colorado almost did it this week. <laughs> I think yeah. Utah is very well positioned to uh, to do that. That sounds like a nice little kind of a consolation upset for them. Um, SEC here, Missouri 36, Tennessee 7. Holy shit. Losers. Wow. <laughs> wow. This was an ass kicking. This was not This was not close. <laughs> this was not close at all. Um, I think that the Josh Heupel death spiral is beginning. I think that he's starting it. I think I think that this is uh, the maybe. time. I think this is the time where Josh Heupel is. It, it, this is when he truly became Tennessee's head coach. Is when they got fucking shit housed <laughs> by thirty points at Missouri. That's a Josh Heupel team right there. That's what this looks like. That is what they look like. That's a Heupel staple. They're they're getting to become one of his one of his programs. The longer he's there, the more they're gonna do this shit. Um, this looked like a Josh Heupel team to me. This makes sense. Last year, he's working with somebody else's guys. This is what Josh Heupel wants to do on the football field. This is his dream program uh, right here. Look, it was bad. It was bad. I think, I think there were two main things here. Joe Milton put the ball on the turf twice. He lost it once. He also threw a pick. Uh, Jalen Wright also lost the fumble at running back. Yeah, They could not run the football. Tennessee could not. And uh, Tennessee also could not stop Cody Schrader who had 321 yards all-purpose today, uh, or yesterday, rather. Yeah, he had 205 on the ground and 116 in the passing attack. Um, He is quietly one of the best running backs in America, uh, and has been having a fantastic season. He's 1,124 yards for 11 touchdowns, nearly six yards a carry. Um, He is having a really good year. Um, 
And I think basically they could not do anything to stop him. They could not do shit. And yeah. that was the game. He pretty much won the game for Missouri. Pretty much. Yep. That that would be, I think that would be fair. Big win for Missouri. <laughs> good, really good year for Missouri, by yeah, the way. Yeah, excellent year. They are... Um... They are clearly the best of the of the teams behind Georgia in the SEC East. I think that they are one of the best teams in the conference. Um, they're really good. Yeah. They, they've they've had Drake a really was talking some shit after the game too, if I recall correctly. Good for him. Um, yeah, <laughs> good for I, him. I'll say he deserves it. Look, we made fun of him too. We said he's gonna lose his job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Live it up while you can, bud. I don't know how long yeah. <laughs> this is gonna last, but great year for them. Really, really great year. I, I don't mean yeah. to, I don't mean to use it as a as a uh, you know we'll see how long it lasts thing, but like. Yeah, it's probably not going to we'll be forever. We'll see how long it lasts. It's yeah, probably yeah. not going to be forever, but like that doesn't mean that this season isn't great, and it doesn't mean that they can't enjoy it. Like they they deserve it. They've had a great fucking season. They have a really good team, um, and they just yeah. beat the piss out of Tennessee. That's great. That's 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 awesome. They should he should talk his shit. He's he's earned it. Yep. Um, it's nice that while Florida is down, we're just alternating years for whichever weird team is the second best in the yeah. SEC East. Yeah. Uh, just between Kentucky, Mizzou, and Tennessee. Yeah. Um fun little rotation there um yeah, it's is good that is good we uh, do enjoy that how about how about the fucking big 12 here ucf beats the ever-loving fuck out of oklahoma state 45 to 3 uh oklahoma state had four turnovers um you don't want to see that if you're oklahoma state but that didn't really explain the full game i mean they no. could not stop uh they could not stop ucf at all they had nearly 600 yards uh, they finished with uh, 592 yards yeah. on the day. Um, hmm. Yeah, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> uh, what the hell happened? Uh, R.J. Harvey was up over 200 yards rushing. John Reese Plumley was yeah. going nuts with explosive plays, and Ollie Gordon couldn't get anything going. What the fuck happened? It seems like someone figured out that they don't have any offense besides Ollie Gordon, and if you just put eight in the box, then they can't move the ball. Um, oh this God. is their second baffling loss of the year. Yeah, I uh, I really struggled in my own rankings for how to handle Oklahoma State because they do have four awesome wins on the year and also two of the worst losses of any like top 30 team. Yeah. Uh, after getting blown out at home by South Alabama and then getting blown out by UCF. Uh, in the interim between those games, they also uh, beat Kansas State, Kansas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to deal with them at all. Yeah. I, yeah, I, my personal preference, I'm not going to. Not my problem. Uh, <laughs> that I will, I will leave that one to you. I will let, uh, you know what? I'll let the Lord sort them. That's not my problem. Yeah, I just didn't rank them. Just didn't yeah, rank them. Yeah, not my problem. Um, yeah, what the fuck? They just, they got what they wanted out of the season. They beat Oklahoma. They're done. They're, they're, they're no more. We're okay. We've, we've, we've done what we wanted to do. Mike Gundy's, uh, his, his time at Oklahoma State is secure for at least one more season. We don't need to try anymore. We're done. We're checking out. <laughs> we've we've turned in our hotel key card. We're leaving. We're in the parking lot. We don't need to be. We don't need to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, got the complimentary breakfast and they're out of there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really bizarre. I don't know what to say about it. I, I can't say I watched much of this game. Like by the time I realized what was happening, it was already over. It was too it was late. Like Thirty-one yeah. to three. By the time I saw what was going on, um, I don't know what to say, man. This is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. Good for UCF. Great win. Yeah, great win for UCF. Uh, Oklahoma State, I, you will not be forgiven for this. <laughs> this is not your, your soul will not be uh, you will not be cleansed of this loss. Uh, last one here in the afternoon. Northwestern twenty four at Wisconsin ten. 
Dude, just a shitty year for Wisconsin. Just a really, really, really shitty year for Wisconsin. Um, I don't, I, I still, the long-term concerns for Luke Fickle, I just don't have them. I'm not there yet. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I think he will sort out this coaching staff pretty quickly. I don't imagine he's going to let Phil Long go fester for very long after this season. Um, but damn, man, just a shitty season. They should be better than this, and, and they're not. Um, another one where on the other side of it, Northwestern is a game away from bowling. Uh, just incredible, an incredible, incredible season for them. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of push to get <laughs> to get David Braun in that job full time. Um, I think that that would be. They should do it. Yeah, I think that would be fair. I I can I can understand the trepidation about doing that, but also they're five and five with a team that you know could have been really 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 bad I think he is better than I, I think at this stage in Pat Fitzgerald's career uh, where he was these last couple years I think David Braun's a better coach than he would have been this year I think David Braun has done more with this team than Pat Fitzgerald would have I think you probably have to give him a chance because um, they're five and five and they're probably going to go to a bowl yeah, game that's you, you damn give him impressive. the Zach Arnett contract right? yeah you that's... give him the Zach Arnett contract you give him a shot um, I think they deserve it. What a what an incredible season for those guys to to pull some positivity out of this and to uh, again to be a, a game away from bowling. I did not think it was going to happen. I did not see that coming. They have been yeah. they've been really really impressive. Same same could agree more. Uh, Wisconsin once again passed it nearly as twice as often as they ran it. Jesus. Um, look, it's a felt like you got Northwestern's offense has been playing well. Yeah. I, like Northwestern has been scoring points, giving up 24 to them at home is not like perfect. You don't want to see that, but you can live with that concept. Uh, Wisconsin, they missed the field goal. They turned it over on downs inside the Northwestern 10. And they also fumbled in scoring position as well. Um, that's what killed them, right? You yeah. get those three back, maybe you win this game. Um, but I, I don't know. Like the, the problem here is Phil Longo. He has to go. Yeah. He has um, to go. Luke has to recognize that and make a change now. This should not be your offense. No, no, it just doesn't make sense. It, it just does. It 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 really doesn't make sense. I think that they, I understand why they wanted to try it. I think Longo was the wrong guy to try it with, but I get it. It's just you got to cut bait. It's not going to work. He's not, he's not a good ball coach, and the system just doesn't make sense with what you want to do. You you got to go get, you got to go get somebody closer to what you were doing at Cincinnati because this just isn't gonna. This isn't gonna work. It, it can't. It can't work with with Longo there. It doesn't make sense with the with the talent that's available. Yeah, I will say with the rumors of Sean Lewis being demoted in Colorado because he was interviewing for other jobs. Huh. Um, Sean Lewis, notably a Wisconsin alum. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if Luke made a call. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about. I know him and him and Sean were pretty tight whenever Luke coached Ohio State. Uh, I attended quite a few camps when I covered recruiting that where they interact with each other. Um, I know they are buddies. Yeah. I wonder if he made a phone call. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Um, hmm. Hmm. Something to consider. That's for sure. Um, next up here, uh, let's move into the evening. Georgia 52, Ole Miss 17. Uh, impressive from Georgia, from the Ole Miss side of things, man. I just, I get it with these guys. I get it. I've seen it enough. I don't really need to see them anymore um, <laughs> because it's always just this. They're never going to win these games. They're not capable of doing it. They do not have the, they don't have the anything. They don't have the fortitude. They don't have the talent. They don't have the coaching. You, whatever the fuck it is that you can name as a problem in a big game like this, they don't have it. They are not 
they're just not serious like that. They're not, they are not going to be that level of football program. Lane Kiffin is not that level of football coach. They're just, they're just piecing it together. They're Mickey Mouse. They're, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's fucking smoke and mirrors. It can't hold up to anything that has any real actual football fortitude. They can't do it. They're just not capable. Do you know how many yards Georgia had in this game? Uh, I think it was probably a fucking lot. I think it was a lot it of was, yards. I don't know exactly how many. It was 611 many. yards at exactly 10 yards per play on the dot. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Or 10.01. Yeah. Um, pretty rough. Pretty rough if you are <laughs> if you are a fan of the Ole Miss defense. Tough day. I do think Quinshawn Judkins acquitted himself well. Yeah. I thought Caden uh, Prescorn played pretty well when they went to him. Um, uh, Jackson Dart got banged up in this game. He also threw a pick. Um, yeah, Ole Miss has jack shit, man. They, they, they had zero sacks, zero tackles for a loss, allowed 10 yards of play. Their only major defensive stat besides tackles is they had one pass defended um, <laughs> on the entire day. That was awesome. It. Yeah. They they basically just let Georgia get some exercise and kind of push them out of bounds sometimes. That's all that happened. Yeah. Um, the Georgia defense, like I understand, they only allowed up seventeen points. Like I, I don't think they were like particularly incredible. Um, I just think that Ole Miss, they don't like football enough. That's their problem. They have the Lane Kiffin disease. They don't like football that much. No, they don't like foot. They don't like football that much. Um, if you are transferring here in the off season, it means that you don't care about football. Uh, we will be treating you with the same disrespect as we treat USC players, incoming USC transfers. If you are heading to this school, it means you are, you have accepted that you will not be a champion and you will not be welcomed into the gates of heaven. Um, you are only here to make social media videos. You only want engagement. You're not you're not here to win ball games. You just want followers. You're 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 fucking. You're buying likes. Yeah, that's that's what you're doing. If you are enrolling at Ole Miss as a football player, you're not a serious person. You don't care about winning. You don't care about football. Yeah. On the other hand, I did see a tweet from, uh, do you know who Graham Coffey is, the Georgia reporter? Vaguely. Um, vaguely. He, uh, he tweeted uh, last night, and I thought this was pretty, pretty apt, but the difference between Georgia and every other program is that all of their injured star players rush to come back and play as soon as possible. Yeah. The reason why that happens explains everything else for the differences. Yeah. Um, and I think that is pretty goddamn true. The culture there is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, these guys love taking circles. Um it's an awesome team, man. It's an awesome program. Kirby yeah. is a demon. Um, that's yeah. That's one way to put it. Um, yeah, that yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. Um, I will also. I don't usually like to call out specific guys uh, who 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 transferred. I don't. I don't want to do this, but I do want to make an example of Isaac Akwu uh, on, on Ole Miss. Uh, James Madison transfer. Good decision, buddy. You made a really good call there. <laughs> Fucking moron. Transferred in May. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you, dumbass? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Could have gone ten. You could have been on Fuck a ten and you. O team that's rolling through Fuck the G five. Fucking moron! Why'd you take that call? Oh wow, Lane Kiffin's calling me. I gotta go down there. No, idiot! <laughs> Come on, stupid, <laughs> stupid brain. Uh, uh, Rethink yeah, that. That's good. Find somebody who find find a better advisor. Find somebody if somebody tells you to do that. If you're a football player at a G five school and somebody tells you, oh yeah, you should go to Ole Miss, uh, you need to find a new advisor. You need to reach out. You need to get some new parents. You're you're not getting good advice at that point. <laughs> no, no, they're not. They don't love you the right way. They're doing it wrong. Um, Jesus, that's just what a what a bad call. What a deeply bad call. 
Um, (laughs) That's really rough. That's a really rough decision. Yeah, fuck Um, you, pal. Yeah, fuck you, pal. Uh, You deserve it. You shouldn't shouldn't have done that. Should have stayed at James Madison. You could have been the guy with 15 and a half sacks through nine games. Uh, Texas, next up here, 29-26 victory over TCU. Holds on down the stretch despite... um, Trying really hard not to. Blew a pretty significant lead here, as it is wont to do, but eventually manages to escape with a big third down conversion. Um, man, they're just, they're begging for it. They really, really, really want to lose one of these games. They keep they keep coming so close against teams that they probably shouldn't be coming that close to, um, and they escape again here, but it feels like really a matter of time with Texas. It, it just, I, I don't know who's going to do it, but it feels like somebody's going to, cause they're really not playing well. Yeah. Also worth there. They did lose their star running back, Jonathan Brooks for the season with the yeah. torn ACL. Yeah. Um, which does not help because he had bailed them out a lot of moments. He had 104 yards on the ground of this game at 74 more into the air. Uh, he was a big time player for them. has been all season. Yeah. Tough. That is tough. Um, it is what we call in the business, not what you want to see. No. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like they, I mean, it's like their their final opponents are all that serious. They play at Iowa State versus Texas Tech. Mm. Um, I know Iowa State just got a big win and it's now six and four, but come on. Man, um, that uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. They just they just beat you know Texas just beat TCU by three, and before that, a couple weeks ago, they beat Houston by a touchdown. I I don't know that those teams are better than Iowa State. Um, eh, <laughs> just I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned about Texas going on the road in that game without its starting running back. I'm 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 troubled by that a little bit. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I like you ask me. I'm not trusting Matt Matt Campbell when he has a team that is like six and four and a known quantity people are paying attention to. Yeah, he's never winning that game. Okay, like unless he is three and seven, he's not beating you. Yeah. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, 52-35 win for LSU over Florida. Uh, Florida is in the midst of doing something very funny, which is starting in, in, with uh, with with very quickly getting five wins. What was it? They were like five and two, and then not going to a bowl game. I think they are firmly on that track now. They're up to five and five, um, and I don't know that they are going they, to win a ball yeah. game here the rest of the season. Finish, I think, up, I, finish up at Missouri and versus Florida State. Yeah, not going to happen. I think it's, I think it might be just about done here for Florida, which is crazy because um, yeah, I think they did start five and two. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. They did. They did. They they, they started five and two. They've lost three straight. They're going to lose two more. Um, you won. Congratulations, Ryan. You can you can take your victory lap. You won. You beat Florida. Uh, thanks to some help from from Jaden Daniels here. But uh, you did. I'd it. like to know where Spencer Hall is right now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'd like to know who else they have go there. Uh, I'd like to know where. Uh... Richard Johnson, he's another one. He's a he's um, who was the Andy Staples? Andy Staples, big Florida guy. Who was the woman that was on ESPN for years uh, in college football? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Damn, no, no way to know. No um, idea. No idea. I, 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 I it could, Aaron Andrews. Aaron Andrews, that close thinking. She's a Florida girl. Okay. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to know where Aaron Andrews is right now. I, I want to get Richard Johnson's phone number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, fuck Florida. Yeah. Um, you did it. 
You beat them. This is uh, they deserve this. Uh, that Arkansas loss is so funny. It yeah. is so funny losing at home to Arkansas, uh, who are now three and seven, is one, and they're probably going to finish like four and eight or three and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funniest outcomes possible. Congrats, Billy Napier, you fucking dipshit. Yeah. Congrats, man. Really good. Um, really well done. Jaden Daniels became the first player in FBS history to pass for over three hundred and rush for over two fifty. I believe. Yeah. Damn. Or something like that. Maybe it was um, pass for over 350 and rush for over 200. One of those. It was a that lot. That sounds right. That sounds he, right. It was, he, yeah, that's, that's the stuff. He did a great deal of things. He was he was very, very <laughs> He had very over good. 600 yards himself. God. Man, he's good. <laughs> he's really, really good. He had good. 606 and five touchdowns. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to do the math really quick on how this. So he had 606 uh, divided by... 38 touches every time he touched the football it was worth 16 yards jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's such a ridiculously high number oh my god and he was doing like he had that awesome touchdown run where he just like weaved through guys yeah he came around the corner and just turned the jets on like this game was competitive into the like late third quarter and the guy just put it the fuck away he just did not respect those Florida DBs at all. Um, they looked silly. And I will say, like, the funniest part of this season is Florida's offensive skill talent has legitimately been pretty good. Like, Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson are as good as we thought they were. Yeah, Ricky uh, Pearsall. Yeah. Been in, yeah, he's been an awesome receiver. Graham Mertz had a legitimately good year. Like, it's it's very funny to say, because I know he's Graham Mertz, but uh, – He's currently he is completing seventy three point three percent of his passes for eight point one yards an attempt. Has eighteen touchdowns and two picks with uh, twenty seven hundred yards. Yeah, um, he's having a good season, and there's still this dog shit. Yeah, it's it kind of boggles the mind. It's like how it's did because you... of that. It's because that little fat Chucky doll defensive coordinator they have. Everyone acted like he was Kirby Smart. That's <laughs> <laughs> they lost an Armstrong. Yeah, Austin Armstrong. Yeah. They just found the, the closest, like, fat guy who wore a visor, and they thought he was Kirby. Yeah, they have fucking Eric Cartman running their defense. They... <laughs> <laughs> ESPN panning over to him. They're like, can you believe it that they've got a middle schooler coordinating their defense? This guy's brilliant. He does look like a child, man. It's ridiculous. It's, um, it's very silly seeing him in press conferences, seeing him on the field. It's like, who let this child on the field? What is he doing here? What is this? What is you this, know the video? What is this tween like doing the... in this press conference? This isn't right. I think it's from some movie. I see it's a reaction video on Twitter. I don't know what it's from, where the kid says, "Don't call me. Don't come by my house." You know what I'm talking about? No, but okay. I, well, I, other I, people will who are listening. Yeah. Um, he looks like the kid from that video. I'll find it and send it to you. It looks okay. just like him. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, um, it's very funny that Florida has gotten pretty much everything that it needed to get from this offense and is still going to go five and seven. <laughs> Graham Mertz going just playing out of his mind. Having a career year, skill guys stepping up, and they're still going to go five and seven. Um, that's tough. That's a that's, just, that's a tough one. I just sent you the video. If you want to pull it up really quick, this is what this guy looks like. Okay, um, right, let me let me get a load of this. Um, I wonder if I know what movie this is from. Probably not. I have not seen all that many movies. Yeah, he does kind of look like that kid. Uh, <laughs> he does. He does kind of look like that child. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck movie this is from. That's that's frustrating. That's gonna drive me nuts. If you know what movie this clip is from, um, please uh, <laughs> please let us know. Anyway, 
Um, moving on in the evening, we've got two more games here. Duke loses to North Carolina in overtime, 47-45. Some, uh, some difficult circumstances here going on, I would say, for the Blue Devils. Some difficult uh, penalties that did not go in their direction. Some difficult refereeing decisions that did not go in their direction. Um, they got fun. Yeah, this uh, this one this one kind of sucks. This one is not a not a very fun, not a very no, fun the, result. The, I don't think the that egregious it was really one deserved for egre- yeah for North Carolina. Yeah, the egregious one is there was a called completion on the field to uh, I think it was Nesbitt from North Carolina. Yeah, where he uh, he caught the ball on the two yard line, the left side and the left hash. Um, it appeared like he didn't catch the football at all. Like I don't think he ever completed the catch, and also like an interception. Um, the referees did not even review it. They did not take the time to review it. They did yeah. not call timeout. For, uh, North Carolina ran a quick play, and they got it off. Uh, and then he kind of touched down. Uh, there, the next play was a hold, and he scored the play after that. Yeah. Um, pretty terrible. Pretty, pretty terrible refereeing. Um, that allowed North Carolina to score and send it to overtime, basically. Um, or And then from there, you had uh, North Carolina's game-winning touchdown uh, because they had the ball – it went to second overtime. The second overtime, they scored a touchdown. Duke got the ball back, scored as well. That missed the two-point conversion. Yeah. Um, and North Carolina's go-ahead, uh, their offensive lineman was clearly an eligible man downfield. It was so bad that he was ducking in the end zones. So the referee didn't look at him. Um, <laughs> really, strategy. really annoying to see. Yeah. Yeah, really uh, a bummer because I, I thought North Carolina playing without, you know, without Riley Leonard I thought it I thought it fared pretty well here um Duke yeah yeah Duke yeah Duke um and, and probably deserved a, a better result than it result than it got especially on the road um but North Carolina gets uh for some reason continues to get some some karmic justice in their direction I don't know what the hell they've done to earn that but uh they get it I don't um I don't know. I don't like this result. I, I don't accept this result as, as true, and I would like to ignore it completely. Uh, this sucks. That's right. To their credit, I mean, Drake May and Marion Hampton and Tez Walker played really well. The the three players that always play well for yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, they're three players. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> the three players. <clears throat> I thought Powell Reckles really good at linebacker um, for them, but... Yeah, I don't know. This is fucking annoying. Mac Brown was crying after the game too. Um, oh, his ass I is retiring. He about... He's totally. I, if he's doing that, he's got to be retiring. I honestly thought he was about to announce it right then and there. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. Um, he's got. It's got to be coming. There's no other reason he would be doing that. Why? I mean, yeah. Why else would he be doing that at this point in the season? He's got to be coming. Yeah, and I guess it is their last home game too. Yeah. So mm. that could be why. That could certainly be why. Something um, to think about. Something to think about. Um, last cool, one another here. Another coaching search thing we got to do. Great. <laughs> Great. Uh, last one here <laughs> in the in the evening. Uh, New Mexico State thirty eight, Western Kentucky twenty nine. Uh, I don't have a ton to add on the game itself. I thought New Mexico State played really really well. Um, they they did what they needed to do here. Diego Pavia playing injured was awesome. Star Thomas stepped up when they needed him to. Um, they've been getting just contributions from from really all over the place on offense. Defensively, they've been really good for the last month and a half or so. Um, just a clean, clean performance on the road to take down Western Kentucky by two scores and earn a uh, earn a berth in the CUSA title game. 
Um, this is they're eight and three. This is absolutely not a, a fluke. This is not New Mexico State getting lucky. This is not them just getting a couple bounces going in their way. Uh, you know, winning a bunch of close games and then ending up in the title game in a weak conference. It's not that. These guys are fucking good. They have gone yeah. from, you know, kind of shaky with some talent, but not enough that you trust them, like a month and a half ago, to this. They are fucking good. They beat Western Kentucky on the road, up and down the field. They were better. Uh, they were outright better. I could not be more impressed with with Jerry Kill and with the program that he has built. These guys are fucking good. They're really, really, really good, and they're so much fun to watch. I just one of my favorite stories of the year in college football. Um, they uh, they they deserve all of this. It, it is it is really really fantastic. It's just fantastic to see them rewarded like this for a, a really incredible season. Yeah. Yeah, um, I could agree more. I think you hit the nail on the head. The one thing you did say that I'm intrigued by is that New Mexico State has clinched the title berth. Yeah. Um, it is currently true as it stands. Um, we obviously know that there's been a big push for James Madison to be eligible for the Sunbelt title uh, and for the uh, bowl bids, essentially. I do wonder if Jacksonville State tries the same thing. The reason being is that uh, Jacksonville State also has one loss to the conference. They played New Mexico State in the final game of the season. Yeah. Um, if they were to win, if they were to beat La Tech and then win at New Mexico State, they would have a road win at Mexico State and have a better record in the league yeah. than uh, the Aggies do. Um, I wonder if there's a push there from the Cruz if that happens. Um, uh, my my guess is that it would be taken a lot less seriously than James Madison's because of the year difference between the two at the FBS level. Usually, the year one guys like James, like like, like uh, Jacksonville State, the NCAA is pretty it. much yeah. just like, uh, no, 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 you're not, you're not doing that in year one. Maybe in year two we'll hear your your discussion. But I remember last year James Madison just got shot down. They're just like, nope, nope, absolutely not. Um, usually year two. There. Why is it more than more. one year? What's the rationale? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't really <laughs> understand fully the reasoning behind it. I think it used to be like a. They don't want there to be you know FCS teams just jumping back and forth you know at, at will when they think that they have a really good team jumping up and then just dropping right back down, which I don't think was going to happen anyway. But I, I think that that was what it was for, is so that you don't make a jump that you're not ready for just for the sake of one team getting to a bowl game or winning a conference championship. Um, but I, I, it seems kind of, it seems kind of silly. It seems like kind of a, That's little, bit, yeah, yeah. a little bit much to do, but I, I don't think Jacksonville state would get that same consideration. They might get a bowl game yeah. if there aren't enough six win teams, but I don't think that they're going to get postseason eligibility just straight up. Yeah. Fair enough. Either way. Um, great, great season for New Mexico state. Like you were saying, um, Western Kentucky's, I don't want to say they've fallen apart in the last few weeks, but I, would say I mean, they have lost bit. to the, th- yeah, I would say that <laughs> well, <a little> bit. <laughs> it's tough because they've lost to the top three teams in the conference, right? They lost to Jacksonville state in the road, Liberty and New Mexico state at home. Um, they've also though played poorly against La Tech and UTEP who are both yeah. not very good, um, over the last few weeks as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at their losses, every team that West Kentucky has lost to this season is uh, seven and three or better. Yeah. Um, which is a tough break for them. Their wins, though, are not very impressive. So it's hard to feel too bad. I think they still get bowl eligible. They play Sam Houston, FIU. Yeah. Um, so they should have no problem getting bowl eligible. But um, 
yeah, kind of a kind of a tough look for a Western Kentucky team this season. Yep, late night, last three here or last four here. Uh, UCLA loses to Arizona State, seventeen to seven. Bozos. <laughs> yeah, Bozo of the week is Chip Kelly. Um, seems like maybe they're just about done with this season. I don't know that we're gonna see a whole lot more UCLA. They were fucking around at quarterback. Um, they. The guys who who are not Dante Moore on this team are not good, and Dante Moore is also not good, but he can at least do some things. Uh, Colin Schley and, and, and Garbers are not doing anything. They can't do anything. They're not good. Um, good win for Arizona State. UCLA, dude. Chip, you might get fucking fired, man. You want to win some of these games here. You can't just sit on 6-6 six and six and close out the season. You will get fired. you got to win some ball games. Yeah. You gotta win some ball games, brother. You're gonna get fired. What are you doing? You can't. You you don't get to rest on your laurels. You need to keep winning games. They're writing articles about you, brother. You're you're you don't want to be the subject of articles right now. Stay out of the fucking newspaper. You gotta win some ball games, man. Come on, a little bit of fire. They had these guys ranked 19th, dude. They had them ranked 19th a couple weeks ago. They did. I told them. I told all of you. (laughs) You told them. Get them. You, 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 you were, yeah. They, the, oh, they only beat Coastal Carolina all season. They, they just always do this. They lose to winning teams. It always happens. Yeah. Um, Unless they find a miracle and beat USC, which, I mean, maybe it's not a miracle. USC does suck a little bit, but like yeah. they're better than UCLA. Unless they find a way to beat USC, they're going six. I mean, they're going six and six. Yep. Or seven and five. Yep. Yeah. I, that's... Fuck these guys. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Um. Two Mountain West results here that are surprising. I would say one that is less surprising for for this show and for people who listen to this show and and who are up with the things that we were saying coming into this week. The other, uh, that would be Hawaii 27, Air Force 13. I'm throwing up my hands. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with them. They were without Zach Larrier here, which I guess is, you know part of it he played a little bit but I, I think he got hurt pretty early on I'll be honest with you I was not watching a ton of Air Force at Hawaii but yeah, I can roll through the stat sheet and see that Jensen Jones took quite a few snaps that's not good that's never what you want to see if you're Air Force um, but uh, another three turnover game for them they had six obviously last week just too many turnovers too many mistakes if uh, if Warrior is out they're just not very good uh, which is a, a bummer it's, it's a really significant bummer but damn, guys, you can't lose. That's you still can't lose to this this game. This is not a very good Hawaii team. Really, really frustrating couple of weeks here for Air Force after what had been a dominant start. I don't know what has happened to them. They've just fallen apart. Yeah, it's um, they're embarrassing us. So is Fresno State, who got their shit pushed in by uh, San Jose State. Fresno State is not embarrassing me. I said that San Jose State might win this game. <laughs> I feel I feel okay. Uh, uh, I hedged on this one. I I was saying that both teams should you know they're getting to get lots of exercise and both teams are gonna have a good time. <laughs> I don't think Fresno State had a good time though. They lost forty two to uh, no, to eighteen. They did not have a good and... time. They kind of got fucking crushed by San Jose State. Um, San Jose State's good. They've they've become good. They uh, they're there. They just ran the ball at them all day. That's yeah. the thing. They just they just were more physical than Fresno State. They yeah. had 313 yards in the ground at uh, over seven yards of carry. Um, just ran the ball down their throats, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, was, and that, that was pretty much what happened. And that was yeah. what I saw a couple weeks ago from them when they beat Utah State that, that really kind of sold me is the level of, of physicality that they still had for what was then, I think, a 2-5 and five team, um, that they were still hitting as hard as they were, that they were blocking, that they seemed to be getting better. 
Um, this running game has been transformed into one of the best in the conference. Kyrie Robinson was fantastic here. It has been Quali Conley at other times for them over the last month or so. Uh, Nick Nash continues to play well at wide receiver. Uh, Chevin Cordero had a, a quiet but pretty good game. He takes care of the ball pretty well. Uh, defense was, was excellent against a good Fresno State offense. These guys are dangerous. They're really, really dangerous right now. I think that they are going to make some very real noise in, in the Mountain West that's now wide open after after the two losses yeah. up at the top of the standings here. San Jose State still that's... has UNLV on the schedule. Um, they could They could do this. They could really, really seriously yeah. do this. They can make a run at it. If Boise State drops a game to either Utah State or Air <laughs> Which Force, it's going to do. It is going to do that. I will tell you that right now. Air, yeah, Boise then, State's then just State about done. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. San Jose State is is right there. Um, really yeah. impressive. It's exciting, man. It's exciting. Uh, they already got pounded by Air Force in the year, but like their losses, they they had they had some blowout losses this year. They got blown out by USC and Oregon State and Air Force. They lost close to Boise State in the road. Um, it's a pretty explainable five and five. Yeah. Uh, they also lost to Toledo on the road too. I yep. missed that one. Um, a tight game. Like those are the Boise state lost stinks. The other four are very good football teams. Yeah. Um, it, look, they're going to be San Diego state for sure. Who should be firing Brady hope soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then UNLV games kind of all the marbles, right? You win that game. You got a chance to go play for the, uh, the, Mountain West title. That's going to be um, an awesome game. That's going to be such a good football game. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, yeah. It is going to be kicking off uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter against for Ohio State, Michigan. So yeah. I'll keep you posted. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Last one here. Late night. Uh, staying in the late night. USC falls once again to Oregon. Uh, let's this what this one played out a little bit longer than I was thinking it would, but Oregon eventually wins 36 to 27. USC is now seven and four. Uh, they are who we thought they were. We came into the season saying that they were going to be about a seven and five or an eight and four team. And folks, here they are seven and five or eight and four. <laughs> it's just, they are who we thought they were. Uh, good win for Oregon. Not the most impressive Oregon win in the world, which is funny to say because they they moved the sh- they moved the ball all over the fucking field against yeah, these guys. The, yeah. yeah, Bo yeah. Nix was just like throwing on air, just big play after big play. Um, they their their situational play left a little bit to be desired, but they were quite a bit better here. I think that it was just you know one of those one of those games. Um, but Oregon was uh, comfortably the better team in this one. Yeah, pretty clearly. Um, yeah, Nix is now a betting favor for the Heisman last I saw. Damn. Um, which is pretty wild. Um, I, I wouldn't yeah, be I don't surprised, know. honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if it just goes to whoever wins, whichever quarterback wins the Pac-12 championship game. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at the odds right now. I think Jane Daniels still has an outside shot the way he's playing. Another the three-loss team, but he's just so fucking good. Yeah, my fear is um, that they won't play on that last weekend, and so he won't have that last that last data point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, pull up the odds right now. Mike, now Penix is a plus one fifty. I guess that said last night it was the he was the Knicks the betting favorite. Uh, Penix plus one fifty. Bo Nix plus two hundred. Uh, Jordan Travis, JJ McCarthy, and Marvin Harrison are all tied at plus eight hundred. Yeah. Um, I, I will say like it, it would surprise me a fair bit if McCarthy won after that Penn State game. Yeah. Maybe that's. Like obviously, yeah, he, if you're dominant, he, he and, still and the game, has you 
yeah, he still has one or two more shots at it, right? Like if he's really good against Ohio State or really good against Ohio State and really good in the Big Ten championship game, um, it could still be him. But he's running yeah. out of chances here. He's, he's only got really so many games that people are watching this year. Um, Jordan Travis, I think it's pretty much going to come down to he would need one of those Pac-12 teams to to lose, yeah. I think. And also, then I think he those would odds need to were... be awesome against Louisville. I think those odds were wrong. Okay. Well, uh, that was from, that was from USA today. That's not where it's listed elsewhere. Um, I'm on oddschecker.com, which I think is, uh, taking the aggregate Okay. of, let's see here. I'm just going to pull it up. Um, taking the aggregate of a few different books, uh, on FanDuel, at least we'll use the FanDuel ones. It's, it's plus 110 for Bo Nix, plus 280 for Michael Penix, plus 480 for Jaden Daniels, plus 480 for Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. And then it's a massive drop off below that. It is plus 3,300 for Carson Beck. Damn. Plus 5,000 each for Jalen Milrow and Jordan Travis. Uh, plus 10,000 for JJ McCarthy. Jesus. Plus 12,000 for Dylan Gabriel, and plus 20,000 for Drake May. The, um, the Dylan Gabriel one is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. It's happen. basically a four man race, right? Yeah, it's the two packs on quarterbacks, Jane Daniels, and it's Marvin Harris Jr. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, that sounds about right. All right. Uh, anything else here from this week, or we, we will uh, we'll get out of here? Now, we're going to get out of here. We'll take a brief break. You and I are going to be back in the premium show very shortly to talk about um, the recent firings of Jimbo Fisher and Diablos and. Uh, and Mike Yersich and, and do some thoughts on those jobs who could yes, be hired sir. and kind of what led to this stuff. 